everybody. Welcome back to Yo MTG Taps. I'm Big Head Joe. And I'm Stephen Marshall. And we've got a jam-packed show today. Uh, favorite time of the year. It's spoiler season. We just got the full spoiler on Friday. Uh, so really pumped. Usually we have, ep- like when we did spoiler shows in the past, we'd have spoilers trickling in. Um, and we talk about a little bit every week. This time, we haven't talked about Journey spoilers, if I'm not mistaken. Have we talked about any? Zero. We haven't talked about any Journey to Nix spoilers. So despite my enthusiasm, there are n- there is no spoiler talk on this episode. I know how excited I sound about it. Uh, we recorded for so long about the PTQ and the SCG Open that we didn't have time to talk about spoilers here. So we decided to break it into two episodes. So if you're listening right now and you're like, oh boy, spoilers. Yeah, you're going to have to wait until the next episode, uh, which will be out later this week. So um, if you know, you want to listen to us talk about PTQs and stuff like that. Enjoy, listen ahead. Otherwise, you know, we got the spoiler thing coming out uh, with the next episode. This is a friendly message from your editor. Back to the show. Thanks, KYT. And uh, so now we've got the full spoiler. So we're going to talk about the whole thing. Um, we're also going to talk about the SCG Open uh, that took place, uh, SCG Dallas, that took place an hour away from Dallas in Fort Worth, not Dallas. Uh, we're also going to talk about the uh, PTQ we played in uh, two weeks ago. And uh, we're going to, first of all, announce that we have a Tumblr because we are grumpy old men that don't really know how to internet. So um, I've been looking for ways, considering that we don't have any sponsors or anything like that, like different ways to promote the show and just kind of interact with uh, with you guys. Uh, so uh, made a Tumblr. Uh, was going to do like an Instagram, but Tumblr, I feel like, does more of what I want to do where like we can post some pictures, we can post some like short videos, and then we can also – um, you know, post like blog posts if we want, just kind of post it all on the fly. Um, it doesn't hurt that my Windows phone had a Tumblr app and not an Instagram app. So that uh, kind of weighted my decision a little bit towards the Tumblr. Uh, but I really do think it's going to serve our purposes a little better. So um, if you want to follow us on Tumblr, it's yomtgtaps.tumblr.com. And uh, there's going to be some stuff on there just because, you know, we don't want to just have like, here's the blog, here's the Tumblr. They're exactly the same. Like that kind of defeats the purpose. So I'm going to put some stuff on there sometimes that isn't exactly magic related. It's maybe just a little bit related to like our our lives, whatever. Sex. We're going to sext our fans. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, <laughs> lots, lots of uh, lots of. Uh, you know, that's what this photos. is for, right? That's really the, that's I mean, the like, kids are doing well, we're acting like it's going to be like, you know, a useful thing uh, for us to post like sh- little short strategy articles and stuff. No, really. It's just going to be a bunch of dongs. Mm. Um, so um, it doesn't have enough of those. Yeah, that's right. So, um, so that's kind of the deal. And um, to uh, celebrate the uh, new uh, Tumblr account, um, I announced on our Twitter that we'd be giving away a Kiora, the crashing wave, to uh, someone who follows us on Tumblr. So I'm uh, going to announce that right now. The winner of the Kiora is – did you drop something? Oh, come on, man. <laughs> 
You're great at improvising. I'm really good. I'm really good. The winner. Yes, and. (laughs) The winner. (laughs) God damn it. Um, The winner of the Kiora is Turd Wizard. Mostly because I wanted to say Turd Wizard on the show. So, Turd Wizard, you want a Kiora. We are going to contact you somehow. This Tumblr is hypnotic. <laughs> I had to close the window. Yeah, your Tumblr is pretty amazing. Um, and your name is Turd Wizard. And you've got pictures of people reacting to The Undertaker's loss at WrestleMania. Uh, spoilers. So, for those of you who haven't watched it yet. Um, or don't have a computer or a TV. I think um, it'd be impossible for someone to be a big enough fan to care about that and not yet know. I, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Turd Wizard, you're the winner of a Kiora. Um, mm-hmm. If for whatever reason you don't play Magic, I think you play Magic. But uh, if for whatever reason you just were like, ah, oh, cool, a, a, twi- a Tumblr just randomly followed us, uh, just let us know. If we don't hear from you in like a week or two, we'll pick somebody else. But I think you're the winner. Um, and uh, we have decided on our winner for the Jace, the mind sculptor. We're not announcing it here. Um, we're going to have that person come on the next episode and ask their question that they asked us on Twitter uh, personally. So that'll be really fun. I think we picked a good one and um, we're also going to take the time next episode to answer a bunch of other questions um, that were asked on Twitter, as well as uh, giving our uh, ideas on the uh, or just our thoughts on the pre-release uh, for Journey into Nyx. Uh, so moving right along, um, we're going to talk about our PTQ experience. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, we both played in a PTQ in Fort Worth. Um, it was limited, you know, Born of the Gods, Thero sealed, um, and the tournament started at nine thirty. Right, the, the yep. event started at nine thirty. Um, and we were home by two 30 in the afternoon. So, um, not a very successful trip out, uh, out West for us. That was, uh, kind of a disaster, right? <laughs> you know, it, it, it could have gone better. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so we didn't do well. Uh, I think you, you made it to two and two and then you were like, why am I still playing? And then you you dropped, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty much what happened. And I, I went one, two drop. Um, you know, and my deck wasn't like underpowered either. Like it was a pretty powerful deck. It was, I was playing a black green build. Uh, my problem was that I opened about zero removal in like my entire pool. Um, it just wasn't, it just was like a removal free pool. Um, like I had a good deck. I had a decent like build in terms of like what I did have, but, um, all my opponents had to do was stick something like big or that flies (laughs) or has evasion. And I just was watching myself lose the game. Like that's basically, uh, basically all that happened. Um, I, I could have maybe gone green white with my build, um, and I think we're going to hear a sim- similar overture from Steven in a minute. But um, I had a couple strong things in white, but again, still no removal. 
Um, and I might have been stretching that a bit, like, uh, to, to make it work. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure what else I could have done to make my to, to make a better build than I had. And, uh, you know, listing off an entire sealed pool right now um, is just going to be... No, that's good not, radio is not something we really have yeah we cut an entire episode because that's all we were doing uh so you know it was okay i mean i mean i i did the best i could i feel um alec may is now my arch nemesis um but in a in a fun friendly way uh he was a very he he was my first round opponent i think and um you know just destroyed me um but, you know, really, really good guy. And uh, fast forward a week later, and he beat me again in the SCG Open. <laughs> uh, so it was actually really funny. And, uh, you know, at that point, you know, first round in a PTQ, who knows who you're going to play against. But at that point, we were in, like, the X1 bracket. So we were both doing well. Like, we were both, like, 5-1. and one. So, like, you know, it was good to, like, see him up there at the top tables. Like, hey, you know, you know, that wasn't, you know, I... I we, we both belong here. You know, it wasn't, I, I felt like such a donk just getting smashed by the guy at the PTQ. Um, he even said later that day, he was like, yeah, I saw you play in the next round. And I was like, man, his deck's kind of good. I don't know what the heck was going on in our round, but, um, you know, he's my arch nemesis. Now I, I, I yearn for a win against him in a, in a competitive <laughs> environment. Uh, but great guy though. That's about all I got to say about that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, my tournament didn't go uh, very well either. I, uh, uh, I'd actually say my pool is pretty poor, so I'm going to just sound like everyone who didn't make the top eight of a sealed PTQ ever. But uh, Oh, dude, but how good, was the pool, <laughs> how good was the pool you passed, bro? I, I, mean, I like, have no idea. Good, <laughs> and yeah. that's really good. That, that, is, that, is, that is so important. Like, never even remember don't remember the pool that you pass like don't even think about it be a secretary when you register a pool be a secretary don't don't like you know wish uh, that you can have something you can't have but anyway go on yeah so um i guess like the big problem with like the most pools the when you run into an issue where it's like a really bad one uh the the biggest issue uh would probably just be really uh, just a few playable short and you're a few playable short in like all the colors, but you have like some decent cards, but you could only make like a 17 card deck basically with any two colors. Yeah. So I guess my initial uh, initial build was blue black, um, kind of flyers I guess. Um, I didn't really have any bombs either. Uh, my best card I think was um, well I guess either asphyxiate or shipwreck singer, which is actually a pretty good card, but uh, in conjunction with the rest of my deck it was just not it was not fantastic. I also had the uh, um, I was like Siren of, uh, it's the one blue black flyer with two one that has inspired where they, they have to discard a card and mill one. Right. Yeah. So I had, those are, those are my two best cards. So it, it, you could probably tell it wasn't a great deck because I actually ran, uh, two Marshmiss Titans and one Mogus Warcaller. So like when those are making the cut, that means that, uh, yeah, just a lot of stinkers got through. And if you draw like the decent half of your deck and 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 have a, a good curve, then you you might sneak in a game or two. But it it just didn't. Uh, I I immediately started switching things up when round one. I think my opponent had just a two two flyer, but then they bestowed 
uh, an observant Alcide on it. So it was, it was a four, four flyer, um, which was just a brick wall for me. I, there's literally nothing I could do. Um, so, uh, after that, I, I, I switched to a green blue deck. Uh, but I think that was also a mistake. It had, it just had some cool multicolored cards, um, like the horizon chimera. Um, and I think it had a, it had a Nylea, but I don't, I think the, all the gods are kind of overrated other than, um, maybe Thassa in limited. So I built a green blue kind of, I don't know. These, 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 none of these, none of these decks had coherent strategies. Really, they were just kind of like dirtily mid-range decks with the best cards I could find. In my so basically, my my deck was kind of a an impression of what a good deck would be if my pool was just a little bit better. So you know, stick to two colors, play your best cards, maybe one or two card splash. But I just don't think my pool really supported that. Um, and so I, f- I finally settled on a, <laughs> a a green white heroic aggro deck, and I just hoped to draw my you know three or four low drop heroic creatures in the first few turns and just curve out. And th- that worked. That worked. That's how I got one of my uh, match wins. So it was not the best tournament when you when you play three different completely different uh, <laughs> deck builds from the same pool. Yeah, um, and they're and they're all similar power levels. Um, so I, I think there's there's a couple strategies when you open a bad pool. I mean, you could just you know resign yourself to your fate and go home. You can uh, you could do what I initially did, which is pretend that your pool's uh, a lot better than it is and just make you a normal two color deck. Um, but I think I think the best strategies are probably either go as many colors as your pool will support. So uh, just play as many high quality cards as you basically opened and just kind of hope to get a little lucky on your mana. Yeah. Um, and, and then the other strategy, uh, and that actually, I saw that work at a couple, a couple of PTQs ago. Um, I think I was like four and one It's actually the one you top aided. I got, I got my second loss versus someone that was running five colors with one or two. Um, th- so they had the Opaline unicorn and the traveler's amulet and that was their only fixing. Wow. And, uh, yeah, they just game three. Uh, in turn, uh, <laughs> all five colors. Um, and you know, if, if, if it gets there and you, you know, you have the cards to justify going that many colors then yeah, you just, you should win that game. So, um, that's one strategy that I've seen work when you just don't have a pool that's cooperating. Uh, another one is if you have the build for it, just going as aggro as possible. So just jam as many one and two, especially just one and two drops really just, if you focus on those, you could just, cause everyone else is just going to play like a mid-range deck by and large, especially for sealed. This isn't, this isn't draft where people could have a lot more focused strategies where you're likely to see a lot more aggro decks mm-hmm. um, that you, if you just curve out, then um, that there's just, you could, you could beat decks with uh, much better cards, but you know, at much higher casting costs. So I think those are the, the strategies that once you identify that your pool is not very good, uh, that's how you can kind of go about building to, to maximize your chance for success, uh, even with a, a, a poor build. Yeah, and that's actually really, uh, like, really good advice. I mean, that's one thing I really have a lot of trouble doing is thinking outside of like my two color sealed deck box, um, and and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that like in this in this environment especially, uh, I think I think mainly in this environment really, it's tough to go multicolor like in terms of more than two 
if you're not base green. Yeah. Because a lot of the fixing is in green. So you can't splash green to to run the fixing because you need the fixing to splash. So it's like if you've got a base green pool, you really are open depending on what you pull. You're open on open to like going three, maybe even four colors, depending on how many fixing pieces you have. Um, but I feel like it's really important that you're base green in order to do that. Um, I don't remember. I don't have my, my pool is out of arm's length and I'm too lazy to get up. Um, but um, I don't remember how much fixing I had. I think, it, I think not much in terms of like trying to be able to stretch to three colors. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had, I, I built black green, but I had a couple really good white cards. So I was like, man, I wish I could do that. Um, and I, and I th- we talked about the, uh, the, the splashing thing, I think on our lost episode, which is now officially our lost episode, which is kind of cool. sure. <laughs> um, but I, I, I want, I want to be able to splash more, but like I've tried the splash and every time I try to splash, it just bites me. And like, I can't, I it just, I, I regret it. Like I'll splash green and I'll put like, I, I think I splashed green once and I put two forests in my deck and I had a couple <laughs> other fixing pieces that weren't green. And my opening hand was like forest, forest, no other lands, no green cards. I was like, are you serious? Like I was so mad. And I just had like this awful experience. So I always have these so awful splashing's not free. I mean, no, <laughs> but I always have it. these awful experiences when I try it. So that's why I'm always so rigid about two color deck. Don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Play the best two colors. And, uh, but this is a, I mean, this is solid strategy. And I actually kind of did, um, attempt to go aggro with my build. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had it curve out a couple times, but like I said, with that deck, because I had no removal, um, but I was trying to go like kind of an aggro mid range, you know, wanting to have some play later in the game too. Sure. Um, like once they stuck a big enough threat, I just couldn't recover. Um, but this is all, I mean, this is all, uh, pretty solid stuff in terms of like, um, just hoping for the best because it can't, yeah. it can't go any worse when you open a deck, you can't play. And I just remembered, I don't usually remember things that I open in other in sealed pools I register. But out of three Born of the Gods packs, I opened two non-foil plea for guidance. <laughs> um, and gladly passed that. I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm at least I'm really glad I'm passing this because, wow, that's just... I mean, that's just awful. I mean, out of three born packs, two of the same rare, and it's, like, probably the worst rare you could hope for I, in this format. I can't format. even remember what that does. It's the one that, like, sir, it's, like, six mana sorcery speed, search your library for two enchantments and put them in oh, your hand. Oh, yeah. Two of them. It was, it was awful. Um, <laughs> so I was just like, wow, I just feel bad for that guy. Um, usually I don't care, but that was so bad that I remembered. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, not much to really note about our PTQ experience, although you had one particular interaction. Oh yeah. So, uh, just quickly, I mean, I wasn't, I, I wasn't aware about the card work this way, but, uh, so I was, I was in the middle of just getting absolutely destroyed and, uh, I was playing against like a blue white heroic deck and this person was, they're just playing an aggro deck. They're just curving out with loyal Pegasus um, Spirit of Labyrinth, uh, Wingsteed Rider, and all that, all that good stuff. 
Um, and I had a shipwreck, shipwreck singer out, and he had a lot of uh, one toughness guys, and he was looking to kind of swing for the win. So, but but pre combat, um, uh, he cast uh, sudden storm. One of the targets was the shipwreck singer. So, in response, I activated the ability where you tap it, and it says it gives all all attacking creatures get minus one minus one until end of turn, which I thought would work. I thought it, it kind of acted like um, the Jace Architect of Thought trigger where um, until the end of, like, you know, until your next turn, basically, all attacking creatures get minus one, uh, minus zero. Uh, but it's, it's, uh, it actually does not work that way. It had, they, the creatures have to be attacking when you activate the, uh, the shipwreck singer. It's kind of like Boros Charm, where if you, if you cast it, um, all the creatures on the battlefield currently that you control are all permanents, um, on the battlefield you control currently get indestructible, but then if you cast a creature, in your second main, after you've cast that Boros Charm, it's it's not going to be indestructible. Um, so uh, I just wasn't aware of that. I, it, I was going to lose anyway, but <laughs> I just wanted to, um, you know, to I, I just I just want I, I just try to play my best even even when I'm you know just getting absolutely uh, getting my teeth teeth kicked in there. Um, so that's yeah, I didn't I I wasn't aware that's how it worked, but I think it'd have to be worded like. It, whenever a creature is attacking until your next turn, it gets minus one, minus one, or something like that. Like it, I, I think just the way it's worded, it only works if they're attacking when you activate that ability. But, you know, at least I learned that, if anything, from uh, from the PTQ. I think we've talked talked long enough about our uh, failures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's move on to our later failures. Um, let's talk about the, uh, SCG open. So yeah, we played in the SCG open series, uh, in Fort Worth, uh, not Dallas. It's this, this is a, this is a point of contention for me. It really bothers me. Um, when places will uh, like put a city name on something that isn't in that city. Like I live in Dallas and I should be able to, to get to SCG Dallas in like a reasonable amount of time using mass transit, frankly, you know I mean? I should be able to do that considering that it says Dallas on the, the name of the thing. Um, but I live I, in huh, what? I think that's just the way Dallas is like Dallas. Isn't like, like it, it's just different from like, um, cities as you might be used to them it's just like a spread out loosely related uh <laughs> series of suburbs and sure sure but fort worth isn't a suburb of dallas fort worth is a totally different city if this was in arlington that would be okay be like okay arlington's kind of midway between that's like fine to me but like having it in the heart of downtown another city other than Dallas just really bugs me. Um, although Steven has told me that um, if it were in Dallas, um, the conditions would be much poorer for us as players in terms of no Starbucks directly across the street. Yeah. Um, there's nothing in downtown. So, so, you know, I mean, I, I'm not saying bring it to Dallas at all, but just call it Fort Worth. It's not in Dallas. It's not. It's not in Dallas. I live in Dallas. I can't take the train from Dallas to Fort Worth and get to your event before it starts. Like, 
it's uncalled for. It, it needs to be called SCG Fort Worth. It doesn't make sense to call it Dallas if you're not putting it in Dallas. But keep well, it. Well, I mean, Worth. like, <laughs> like the uh, the Final Four was just here in Dallas, and like uh, the actual games themselves were played in Arlington. And I remember several different like events associated with that. Um, some of them were in Dallas, and like some of them were in Fort Worth. Like it's just. Uh, that's just those, how Dallas is. <laughs> those are events associated with the thing. Like if it's in between, if something's in between Dallas and Fort Worth, both cities are going to have an economic uh, boom for the weekend. You know what I mean? Like like both cities should benefit from that. Um, but if it's right in downtown Fort Worth, like what's the benefit of calling it something else? Like, I mean, there are stories of people literally flying into Dallas, Love Field, and going for for SCG Dallas and going, oh, man, I can't get over there. Like people have actually flown into the wrong airport <laughs> because it's called SCG Dallas. So like, oh, sweet. I'll just fly into Dallas Saturday morning. Nope. You know what I mean? Like I, now you're spending a hundred dollars on a cab. You know what I mean? Or or something ridiculous. It, it, just, it just should be called the city it's in. That sort of thing drives me nuts. Because you've got people planning, people who don't know the, the layout, you know, who are just planning on getting to Dallas and then figuring it out. You know, if you get to Dallas and try to figure it out, you're going to figure out the events in Fort Worth and you're going to have been wasted money on a plane ticket and everything. And it's just uh, it's just not cool. You just call it something geographically accurate. I can send you guys a map if you want. We'll figure it out. <laughs> but um, we've also got those online. Uh, so Dallas, SCG Dallas was the largest um, SCG event other than an invitational that they've ever had. It was like 800 players or something. Um, and it was 11 rounds, which yep. is the big, the longest tournament I've ever played in. Uh, oh yeah. I mean like if let's say you had three buys at a GP, this would basically be day one and day two. <laughs> right. All in one day. Crazy, crazy day. What did you play? Um, well, since we're recording on Easter, I think it's only appropriate. I played Reanimator. Um, <laughs> I played that uh, the the junk Reanimator deck that uh, uh, BBD's been uh, touting, and um, I, I thought it was great. It was very powerful. Um, I never felt like there was a position that I couldn't potentially either top deck out of or, or, or win from, uh, which is different than the normal uh, aggro decks that I've been playing lately, or especially the burn deck where you know once your hand's empty, then you're just kind of <laughs> you're just kind of waiting for them to kill you, um, but yeah, I, I like the deck overall. What'd you play? Um, I played mono black devotion. Um, this is what I was saying to to you and to Joey um, was that it felt really good um, bringing a gun to a gunfight. <laughs> like you know, I mean, because like I I've I've sometimes will play like decks that are you know. I don't know, fringe, you know, or maybe sure. just like, or maybe just complain. I mean, I played Mazes End, Maze, yeah, yeah, you know, like, That's and, not even fringe. And, and the allure, the allure of that is strong for me uh, to play something outside the box and weird. Um, but it was really nice to go into a big event playing a well-developed deck um, and not doing anything super cute with it. You know, uh, my main like thing that I did was first of all, my sideboard plan for red, which actually I regret nothing was awesome was uh, 
two staff of the Death Magus and one trading post as opposed to the full three staffs. So in case someone decided to get cute and put in wear and tear to deal with my staff, I could drop a trading post and get it back. I mean, dropping a trading post, <laughs> period, is great. You know what I mean? You drop a trading yeah. post, you're already doing well. Um, but, like, you know, it just, it's just one of those things that's just kind of like an, an additional feel bad. You know, like, it's like, okay, you dealt with that problem, and here's a bigger problem, and I get the other problem you already dealt with back. You know, so uh, that was just kind of the the dream scenario, but just it was essentially three staff, you know, uh, and then um, I ran six uh, Scrylands main. Um, so I ran three Temple of Malice, three Temple of Deceit, and I am completely happy with that choice. Um, the winning deck of the tournament, the deck that the tournament was won by Mono Black Devotion, they were running eight. Skylands. Wow. So, uh, so I wasn't far off in terms of like making that choice myself. You know, apparently that was a good a good one to make uh, for the for the day. Um, so yeah, so I mean things uh, uh, started off great for me. Um, I uh, I won my first five rounds. You know, um, just feeling awesome uh, for the whole start of the day, um, and then. Uh, my first loss of the day came against uh, Naya Agro, the deck that I was uh, lambasting uh, Steven for playing a couple weeks ago. Lambast. Um, it's a good so, deck if you draw the right components of it. Yeah, no, it's it's actually a pretty solid deck. You know, got my first loss to to that guy. And um, let me just say, I mean, anyone who watched the coverage, um, the person I lost to was wearing a dragon mask, okay? And I'm sure anyone <laughs> watching the coverage saw that, right? And, and let me say this. The guy was really cool. He's a really nice guy. I had a lot of fun playing against him. I've got no beef with the dude, right? Really, I don't. And I don't mean to make fun or anything. But I'll just say this. Nothing is more demoralizing than losing to someone with a dragon mask on top of their head. Um... It just was – it was really a heartbreaker because it's like – you know, I mean, obviously, the guy wound up doing pretty well. You know, uh, he was on camera for a couple rounds, um, and uh, at least he didn't wear the dragon mask when he played me. He definitely wore it. Oh, he it. put it up. Okay. He definitely wore it on camera, but he had it up when we played. Um but it's like one of those things where you sit down across from someone at table nine in an 800-person event, and they've got a dragon mask on top of your head. Your first thought is, well, how'd you get up here? You know what I mean? Like, really? I mean, really, it was. That was the first thing out of my head was, oh, how'd this guy get up here? Huh, all right. You know, like, um, which maybe even made me let my guard down a little bit and made me a little more vulnerable to, uh, you. <laughs> to his face beating. Because um, it, was, it wasn't close, um, you know. Uh, I, I thought seized him, and he had three Brave the Elements in hand. Uh, so, yeah, uh, my removal was not going to do anything, considering I had a handful of it. And it was all targetable. It wasn't Devour Flesh. So, yeah. Uh, so, he, I mean, he won pretty handily. And, and, and props to him for doing so well in the event. I wasn't, you know, again, not in any way trying to, like... Try, like not trying to be a hater? Not trying to diss the guy in any way. But it's just, it is kind of a demoralizing thing. It'd be like losing to a guy in like a in like a furry costume or something at a tournament. You're like you're like, all right, all right, you you took the time to put on a furry costume. 
great. I want that to happen so now, bad. Now, the, I think the story behind the mask, honestly, is that he um, he actually works for like a company that makes those or something, or like some sort of special effects company, and I think they make those masks. So uh, it wasn't just like something he bought and went, yeah. I mean, I think he was actually like doing some like self promotion for his. Yeah, business. it's free advertising. Yeah, it totally is, and and it was awesome. I mean, the mask looked freaking great. It really did. It looked cool as anything. So, you know, no disrespect. Just saying it was uh, it was a, it was a tough break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and just kind of um, just kind of real quickly running through the rest of my day. Um, I won the next round. I lost round uh, eight. Seven. That would be eight? eight. OK. I lost round eight to Alec May. Uh, again, my arch nemesis uh, <laughs> playing mono blue devotion. Um, and then I won my next round, and then I lost my next round playing against uh, Blue-White Control, uh, playing against some totally Jersey Shore-looking dude um, that uh, I, I don't have any respect for. Um, Such a hater. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I, nothing makes me more angry than, like, Knowing that someone like it being completely clear that someone doesn't mean it when they say good luck or good games, like you can hear it in their voice that they're like they don't they're not they don't mean it at all. Like, <laughs> well, well, the preempt. I mean, that's that's kind of a faux pas. The preemptive, like you know, good games after they, you know, smash you two zero and you know you play like you know collective two spells. Um, that's that's kind of uncalled for. Or the the aggressive good games handshake combo. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's typically, um, that's, that's a little gauche, just, just like, just like online where, um, you could tell the person, like if you lose the person like races to type in good games before you like, you know, close the, close the window after you lose. Um, that, that, that kind of, that can irk me a little bit, but, but like, I was the one I think who said good games and he's like, yeah, good games. Like, like, like mm -hmm. everything about his attitude and like body language um felt like he wasn't respecting me as a player you know and he did beat me you yeah know? um so why should he respect you you know um <laughs> but uh i mean i couldn't draw i couldn't draw a good hand to save my life against him um but like his keep game one was like was like a one lander or something playing blue white control it was like i felt like i wasn't nice. no i felt like he didn't respect me as a player the entire round and it was just like and it was not a good time. It was not fun. I mean, of course, I completely smashed him that first game, and then he won the next two. But I, I usually go with the wishing them luck after after I win, because that's the only thing I genuinely do mean. Because it's like, hey, bro, help my tiebreakers out. Yeah, well, yeah, it's true. Um, I don't know, but anyway. So anyway, then I won the next round, and then the eleventh round, I was eight and two, or no, I was seven and three, and I if I would have won, I would have got fifty bucks. If I lost, nothing. And I play, and I get game one, and I lose the next two games, and I spend 13 hours playing Magic for no prize. <laughs> and that was just, uh -uh. I mean, like, I would have, if I would have lost round 10, like, if I would have got my fourth loss round 10 and knew there was nothing, I still would have played the last round. Just, uh... You Iron know. Man. <laughs> yeah, no, no, just for the experience of playing that 11th round. Um, but to lose out on money, even if it was like my entry fee plus 10 bucks, in the very last round was pretty heartbreaking. 
Mm. Um, you know, so it, that wasn't that wasn't great, uh, but it was it was still overall it was good experience. Um, I'm not going to say it was a good experience because it was just absolutely brutal, but it was good experience uh, for the future. Overall, um, let's see, I, I lost to Mono Blue Devotion. I beat the mirror twice, and I feel really strong. I feel really good with the mirror uh, match. Um, I beat Red every time I played it. Um, I just feel like my my matchup versus like red decks uh especially after sideboard is is just great and i'm really confident in it so that's good i mean it's good to feel good in the mirror it's good to feel good against red um mostly i feel good against uh control decks um but i want to get into like matchup stuff after you talk about your experience so uh i'll let you take over yeah sure i did not do well, actually, for <laughs> ending up with the, the same record as you, I don't feel like I did nearly as well. But uh, uh, so I played the Drunk Reanimator um, that uh, BBD play, or wrote an article on, uh, I think, the week before the event, uh, except I changed. I removed a couple of the Sin Collectors main deck because it just didn't feel like they were doing much in the main. And I put in a Vraska in the main and a Vraska in the sideboard, which actually I was looking at his update list. And he's actually got two Vraskas sideboard and moved all the Sin Collectors to the uh, sideboard as well, so uh, I feel feel pretty good about that. Those changes um, were were fine. I I did cut one abrupt decay in the sideboard, and actually I felt like I needed that several times during the day. So um, probably not going to go under two uh, going forward. But uh, yeah, I started off two and zero, um, and then round three I played against uh, Junk Midrange, the deck that uh, Reed Duke's been playing. And uh, this one had main deck Scavagegoose, which is just probably the one, one card I just don't want to see. Oh, well, I guess other than, like, Rest in Peace. Um, well, actually, no, Scavagegoose is worse because that just becomes a creature that I don't really have a ton of removal for. And it just gets gigantic and it shuts down a lot of the the value engines of the deck. So, like, your Grizzly Salvages and, and your Seder Wayfinders just grow him while, you know, providing no value to you. And... Um, I lost game one, and then game two, I saw <laughs> I was able to use two Shadowborn Demons to kill the first two Scavenging Gooses, but then the third one just took over the game, and I, I lost from there. Um, so I, I feel I still feel fine about the deck. I mean, if you run into you know three Scavenging Gooses with a graveyard strategy, that's just kind of like you just have to accept that. It's kind of like playing Burn. You know, if you if you run into the guy with the trading posts and the stabs in his sideboard, then you know that's just those are the breaks because uh, they're they're both strategies that can be shut down if people want to dedicate cards to them and you know you're just rolling the dice that not enough people are playing this deck for for people to actually do that which i think is still a, a good bet right now with graveyard decks i don't think anyone's really worried about them yet they're they're, they're just not they're not they're not appearing in top eights uh routinely enough for people to start dedicating hate to it like burn is but i think uh, they will with the spoilers we're about to talk about i i i, I agree um, so I got my first loss round three, then round four, I, I just played against mono red, lost the, lost the die roll and just got curve stomped. They just, they had multiple burning tree emissaries and I, I think I got down, they, they, they were able to do 16 damage by the time I was going to play turn four. So, um, I had some bile blights, uh, but they actually managed to play around them in game two and I just, I just, I just got destroyed by them, um, uh, which is fine. That'll happen. So, uh. Uh, I was at X and two. I was already out of uh, out of contention, so uh, I, I entered the beer bracket at that point. 
um, <laughs> since I had plenty of time after my uh, defeat to Mono Red, I went to the uh, I went to the bar across the street and, and you know relaxed, cooled off, got a beer. Um, and actually, if, if anyone's a bourbon fan out there and they're in Fort Worth, uh, I, I should mention that the, the Omni Hotel across the street, their bar does have uh, Pappy Van Winkle, which is like incredibly hard to find. They have the 12 year and they had the 20 year, which they don't anymore uh, because I think they only get like one allocation of that annually. And uh, if someone comes in and wants to drink it, then they're out of it for the rest of the year. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> after, after, after that, uh, my next opponent was... Uh, Someone that was actually at the bar during <laughs> during the in between rounds, uh, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, they were playing um, the Naya Hexproof deck, and I just happened to have uh, Elspeth, which is my only answer to them. Um, you just have to hope that they grow their Hexproof guys past four power and just drop her and minus it. And I did both games. Nice. Um, so I kept one. I won, I won a bit uh, until about three rounds to go, and this is probably a lesson on. Uh, <laughs> on just doing the basics, like, um, you know, keeping track of the condition of your sleeves. Uh, at this point, my sleeves were in miserable condition because they've been playing, let's see, eight rounds. Um, so they, I, I really needed to resleeve them, uh, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Uh, I was also kind of in just a brain dead mode after probably at that point, 10 hours of magic, uh, and just decided to roll with it. And, uh, it might have it might have had an impact because I or I might have just been getting lucky the the rest of the day, but uh, I'd, I'd only mulliganed a few times. Uh, but the last three rounds, I think I averaged more than a mulligan per game. So um, with three rounds to go, I mulled to five and mulled to five, um, and still had to discard to not finding land, uh, which is not the best. Um, so I played against a control deck and just yeah, I just didn't really do anything versus them either game. Uh, so I picked up my third loss, and then um, the second to last round, I actually played against a local player at our at our store, Peter Liu, uh, who was playing Burn, uh, which I, you know, and, and we were joking about beforehand, but uh, I, I told him I thought I had a good matchup versus Burn, and uh, it, it it was extremely close. Um, but uh, game three, I uh, I mulled to four <laughs> this time, and uh, it, it there was a I, I basically needed him to not because he had chained to the rocks in his hand. And he, but no white sources, so yeah. I'd, I'd managed to get out of Pelucranos, and I had a whip in my hand. So if, if I could just drop the whip and start swinging, you know, for five a turn, um, the game should be in hand unless he has, you know, multiple skull cracks. But uh, uh, the turn before I could play the whip, he obviously, you know, gets the gets the sacred foundry and chains him, and then I don't really do much after that since uh, those are literally all the cards in my hand was the lands, <laughs> the Pelucranos, and the right. Uh, uh, I think I had I had a couple bile blights because uh, I sided into that, and I actually did manage to get three. Uh, Chandra's Phoenix was one bile blight, which was <laughs> kind of fun. That's awesome. <laughs> After mulling to four, but uh, got got my fourth loss there, so I was out of the cash. But um, you know, when, when when do you ever get to uh, <laughs> test the limits of your mental endurance by playing eleven rounds of Magic? So I, I played the last round and, and won it, and ended up uh, in the same boat as you, seven and four. So I, there are a couple things that like came out of that whole experience for me in terms of like lessons learned stuff like that things that i can pass on about you know playing in events of that magnitude um like the first thing and this kind of goes you know back to the ptq also um you can never practice enough like um i i, I feel like what i did my my testing um for this event 
was, um, you know, I played against Esper. I tested a lot against Esper. I tested a lot against Mono Red. Um, I, I think those are the main two decks I tested against because they were the ones I felt like were my were my toughest matchups, right? And um, and that is easily reflected in uh, the losses I had on the day, which were against green red monsters, which I thought was a great matchup and did not win that match. Um, was against blue white control, which I figure, oh, I play against Esper, I'm good against blue. No, lost that match. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. didn't test it, lost that matchup. Um, mono blue devotion, which I thought was a great matchup. You know? Yeah. Uh, wasn't lost that match. You know what I mean? Like, like played into like. Okay, I thought seized into a judge's familiar. Like I just ran <laughs> into a judge's familiar. He had Thassa in hand. I won game one. I might have won that game and have been X one going into round nine, had I like tested the match, played like thought to play around judge's familiar, ate his Thassa, and he would have had no way to get his guys through. You know what I mean? Like like yeah, Thassa is probably the best card against you. Like that one. That one little play mistake turn two, game two lost me the entire match you know what i mean uh and it's just like if i would have tested that match a couple times yeah i think i still feel like i have a great matchup against them you know oh what do you want to do you want to drop master of waves yeah i have a bunch of removals so what you know like that's what i do and it's like i should have won that match just based on matchups um but you know but i didn't test it because i felt confident in it and then i made a stupid play mistake and lost you know, that, that was that was against Alec May. And we were actually both talking about that after the game. He's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, and if you wouldn't have run that Thossies out, I think you might have had that match. You know, and it was just one of those things where I was like, yeah, I know. And it just, you know, just kind of that realization after the fact, you know, it's kind of, you know, just just sucks. But it's good to, to learn something from a loss rather than going, oh, he's got so lucky. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's really good. nice. Yeah, it's really good to <laughs> yeah. learn something. And then like the Naya Agro deck, you know, um, I had I. I don't even think I test. I mean, I felt like aggro. I've got a good matchup against. I've got a lot of removal. I've got a lot of ways to to clear threats off the board. And against all the other aggro decks I played against, and I did play against a couple. I had, you know, I had no trouble. But uh, playing against the Naya aggro deck, they've got brave the elements. They've yeah, got yeah. They, they run like four Boris Charm, four brave the elements. So you know, they've got lots of ways to deal with my ways of dealing with their deck. You know, they've got the answers to my answers. And if I would have tested against that deck. You know, I feel like I would have had a much better day, you know, so I I just feel like you can never test enough. You know, even if you think you have a good match, uh, play 10 games against the decks that you think have a good matchup. Just so you learn the sequencing, you learn which cards you should be running out versus, you know, as opposed to other cards. You know, it's just it's just it's just really important, Um, especially when you're playing for like something as high stakes as like a you know top prize of twenty four hundred bucks or something. You know, if you're playing at F and M, you know, who cares? But like but test, you know. If you're gonna play in an event, if you're gonna drop down forty bucks and you're gonna play in a huge event like this, and you're gonna spend that much time and dedicate that much time, you know, put the work in beforehand and do the testing that you need to do to test all the matchups you expect to see, even if you think they're good. Um, never rest on your laurels, never get too confident, and it never matters what you did the week before, the month before, the year before. Because you got to play the games going forward. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just really important. Um, 
and and like you said, uh, the sleeves thing. That's huge. yeah, <laughs> that is huge. If you're playing in an 11 round event, or if you've, even if you're playing in an event, you know, is going to be nine, 10 rounds, bring two sets of sleeves with you. Um, midway through change your entire sleeves or just keep changing them between rounds. Like I had sleeves, like I was changing sleeves, like spot changes. You know what I mean? Like if I had a bent sleeve, I'd change it between rounds. But I only had so many extras. And after a while, I was like, well, I'm out of extras. Who cares? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and you don't shuffle well enough. You end up drawing one land hands, one land hands. That you just can't keep because you don't get your shuffle good enough. You know? Um, mechanics, and I feel like this is a really important thing. Like, the mechanics of your play are almost as important as your play decisions. You know? Like, like being able to shuffle correctly every game Um is a is it's just something that you should expect to be able to do so like when it doesn't happen you're like man what's going on and it really can throw you off your mental game going into the actual play so being able to have fresh sleeves every round like in terms of like swapping out the problem sleeves every round um can go a really long way to making everything else comfortable when you're playing in such a long event you shouldn't have to think about anything else but the games yeah. You know, so being able to shuffle the way you shuffle every round without interruption, um, being able to do those things that you do, like having your your pen and paper handy, like always like st- I have I just had them in my pocket all day. So I knew exactly where everything was going into each round. So all I had to think about was playing. And then towards the end, like I said, the sleeves started getting screwed up. I didn't feel like changing them. So I started slacking off on that. And it really did affect my my game in terms of like. I'm thinking about stuff I shouldn't be thinking about, you know? Yeah. And that's just annoying. Um, the other two things that I just want to say, um, and I feel like I did one fine and I did the other poorly is eat stuff, eat, eat food, like eat a meal before you go into the event. Um, find some time to either get some food yourself or have a friend get you some food. Um, you know, and don't try, try not to settle for garbage. Like just eat like real food. Like I brought like sandwich making materials with me. Um, so I had like peanut butter and Nutella on the, on the ready, you know? And like, it was really great to be able to go middle of the day and eat a sandwich. Like it felt really good. Um, it's just really important to eat because like, again, you don't want to have to think about anything else, but your game. So anything that you're not thinking that you're thinking about that isn't the games of magic you're playing is a distraction and is hurting your play. Um, and the last thing is uh, try to get a good night's sleep. Um, I yeah, we, we certainly didn't. Um, I know that I was just completely not. I was in bed by ten uh, that Sunday. By the way, I don't know if you knew that, but I was huh. I was actually in bed by ten, and I woke up at five thirty in the morning. <laughs> I just <laughs> was like, like I was so drained by the end of the weekend. I had to just go to bed. I was like, I cannot do anything. Why am I trying to keep myself awake? I'm going to sleep. So like, I just went to bed and like, you know, I felt so much better in the morning, but you know, get a good night's sleep before an event. Um, you know, try not to, to, to be hung over, you know, just like things like that, like give you such a big advantage, um, over the rest of the field, take a shower before the event. Like, even if you can't shower Sunday, like, you know, shower Saturday morning, like really, I mean, I'm not like trying to make fun here. Like really shower Saturday morning. Um, if you're worried about, you know, does my butt stink right now? Like you're not focusing on your game. Like it's just these little things sound so stupid, but like 
anything that can throw you off of the specific games you're playing is bad, and you should try to avoid as many of those things as possible. Yeah, you should charge just just as a common courtesy. True, but you know what? Screw common courtesy. There, <laughs> you're surrounded by people who aren't being courteous to you anyway. Like for the like, you know, I mean, like so a lot of people are, but you know, you've got enough people around that don't give a crap if they're courteous to you or to anyone. Um, but self for selfish reasons. Yeah. You know, like 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 being clean going into an event is one less thing you have to think about. You know, if like you've got like an it'll itchy, wake you up. I mean, yeah, if, if you've got like an itchy scalp. You know what I mean? And you're sitting there going, man, I wish I'd have washed my hair this morning. You know what I mean? Like, it's just something you don't need to think about. Like, really. Um, Playing 13 hours of Magic is hard enough. You know, just just playing those games. Even if you're playing a fast deck, you know, even if your play is fast, playing for 13 rounds is just really hard. So the best thing to do is just to make sure you take as many distractions out of – out of your tournament experience as you possibly can. So you can spend as much of your energy focusing on the games of magic that you're playing. Um, and that's, and that, and play testing factors into that too. You know, if you've tested your, your mono blue devotion matchup, then you know the right sequence of plays, everything that you do in a tournament. That's that length. You shouldn't have to think about anything. Everything should be thought out beforehand. And, um, you just react to the situations you should probably be used to reacting to a bunch of times by then. So, you know, I, I don't know. That's just my best advice um, for an event like that. Okay. Do you have anything you want to add about the event? Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, I should just briefly mention that I actually played in the Open on Sunday. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I had been planning to play uh, Blue-Red Delver. Um, but when I got uh, – when I was looking at my cards on Saturday night, and I didn't really want to have to like scramble to get cards the next day because just because it was already so late and I wanted to get as much sleep as possible before playing on Sunday. I noticed I didn't bring any of my blue fetch lands. Uh, so I brought like the volcanic islands and the force of wheels and all the really expensive stuff. Although at this point, Misty rainforest is uh, you know, that's definitely in the legacy uh, price range. I think they're a hundred dollars now, but I, I had just forgotten uh, my blue fetch lands. So, um, I had pretty much blue red delvers just basically burn plus, you know, deck manipulation, some delvers and counter spells. So I, I just decided I was going to play burn, um, in legacy and it's actually not that bad of a choice right now, just because there's, I think the week before a four color delver deck had won the tournament and a lot of people are, have started picking up the, the Tom Ross, uh, legacy infect deck and burn actually has pretty good matchups against both those decks. Um, especially the version I was running, which had four Price of Progress main. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I, you know, I sleeved up Burn. I, I, I played it a little bit online, basically just to troll people. Um, but it, it's, it, it's reasonably competitive if you expect no combo decks. Um, so, you know, that's kind of what I faced. The first three rounds, I actually... Uh, so I had never won. Um, or I think I've won a single sanctioned match of Legacy. I've, I've won one, but I've played a few like GP side events um, and just gotten destroyed and not even like won a game. I think I was playing goblins. So that was probably part of the problem. Um, but I actually started off three, and zero. So my first three rounds I played against um, bug Delver, red, white, blue Delver. And in fact, so uh, all the matchups that, you know, you really are hoping to see on the way. And I didn't drop a game, uh, which was, you know, pretty cool. Uh, but then, 
round four, I was actually paired. It was the mirror match. Uh, so I was playing against someone else uh, playing Burn. And um, they won the die roll. So, you know, that, that was all there was to it. Uh, but <laughs> it's it's kind of a matchup that's close to that. Uh, there's a there's there there's a little bit more play to it, but it is uh, it, it almost just comes down to that. I also uh, kept a hand basically, you know, because I didn't know what he was playing game one. I kept a hand with two Price of Progress, which is like the best card uh, in the deck basically versus most opponents and had been so far that day. Uh, but versus the Burn deck, which only has mountains in it, I had basically mold to five and I just didn't know it yet. Um, so lost game one, one game two, and then, uh, game three, I, uh, I, I looked back. I'm not really sure if there's much different I could have done. Cause usually, um, when you look at your life, life, life pad and your opponent's life totals one, but you lose the game. Uh, there's usually some decision you could have made differently that, uh, that could have possibly changed things, but, um, it's a, it, you know, it's obviously it's a mirror match. That's going to be close. And, uh, uh, just, just lost that. Uh, then round four. Um, no, that was no, so lost round four. Then round five, I played against Sneak and Show, which is just uh, <laughs> it's combo, so it's not it's not the best matchup for Burn. Uh, I did somehow manage to win one game, uh, but I sided in um, Ashen Riders. I mean, that's what they're in the sideboard for for right. for show and tell. But uh, uh, I, I think the cat's been well out of the bag for that. Um, you know, he he <laughs> let he let me know that he sided out his. He's only I think he's only running one or two show and tells to begin with main. And he just sided them out. Um, so, uh, you know, I had a dead card in there. Um, so, you know, loss versus combo, but it's not, you know, a favorable matchup to begin with. Uh, you kind of have to hope to win the die roll and just roll them game one and then hope hope to do the same thing game three. Hope it's like a clunky draw for them and that they don't just uh, um, sneak and show you out. Um, so that was my legacy experience. It was fun. I'd, I'd, I'd recommend Burned again. Um, it's a deck I actually kind of know how to play. Uh, Blue Red Delver would have had a little bit more game versus Burn and also versus uh, the combo deck, obviously, since you can actually run Force of Will. But uh, it, it was fun. I'll, I'll I might uh, continue to play Burn going forward, but I'd, I'd like to actually give uh, Blue Red Delver a try in an actual tournament. So, so we'll see. There's no, there's no real changes I'd make going forward. Um, maybe my sideboard. Uh, I realized when I was playing the mirror match, I had literally nothing to bring in for the four. Um, the four uh, price of progresses that I had to side out because they're just absolutely dead cards versus a one color deck. Uh, and I think I brought in on the play, I brought in pyrostatic pillars, two of them and two. Um, uh, <sighs> I can't think of it. Um, the enchantment that uh, deals two per, per, per turn. What is that thing called? Sulfuric vortex. So yeah. So I brought in two sulfuric vortexes Um just because it's a car that de- that actually will deal damage to them. And I brought in two pyrostatic pillars just because the hope is that I get ahead of them um, if I'm on the play and that th- those might, you know, deal the rest of the damage. And then on the draw, instead of the pyrostatic pillars, I brought in two uh, volcanic four- fallouts just because, you know, I figure I'm more likely to be on b- behind against, you know, goblin uh, goblin guides and, and, lava, and uh, lava mancers and stuff like that. So... Um, if I could redo the sideboard, I might just, uh, for my graveyard hate, instead of the macabre fairies, I might bring it, I might have relic of progenitus just because at least that's a live, you know, that's what he did. That's what he brought in. It's a live card to actually just cycle. Uh, so it actually does something, but, uh, that's, right. that's probably the only changes I'd make going forward. What about, um, instead of Ashen Rider, what about like Scourge Stinger? 
from the sideboard because it's at least something you could cast. Yeah, that's true. Because like Ashen Rider, if they're not, if they side out their 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 show and tells, the Ashen Rider's just straight up dead. Whereas like with the Scourge Stinger, you know, even if like you don't get to use it off the show and tell, you could still hard cast it um, and and bounce their creature at least put off the inevitable if not you know what i mean stall for a turn or two sometimes with with burn a turn or two is oh yeah that's yeah it could almost be i actually do like that um which is kind of crazy because i've played legacy scourge sting scourger yes (laughs) i I know who you're talking about because i i've played goblins uh legacy goblins before so i have the card right right Um, it's actually yeah it's probably a better idea and that's what it's there for is for uh to have some game against uh sneak and show so that's actually not uh, not a bad idea at all, and I, I might actually change to that going forward since I think uh, it's getting increasingly hard for people to get got by by the Ashen Ashen Rider. I, <laughs> I think people are playing or play, people people know what's going on typically. Right. So yeah, that's that's, a, that's probably a good change. And also, uh, you know, there's there's probably a card from uh, from uh, Journey to Nix that I might actually put in the sideboard instead of the Pyrostatic Pillar, but. Oh, cool. All right. Well, yeah. then we, uh, I think I know which one you're talking about. We can talk yeah. about that in a little bit. Um, all right. So uh, we were going to talk about spoilers next, but we've had a lot to say about um, the last couple weeks, which, you know, could you imagine? Um, so I think we're just going to end the episode here and uh, we're going to do another episode that's just spoilers. So um, so thanks for listening to this episode. and. Um, if you were listening, hoping to hear spoiler talk, go ahead and start the next one. Uh, otherwise, until next time, we are Yo MTG Taps. Stop bitching, start brewing. Got no past, no future. Fumbling through the ether, take a ride in Aquila. Cost you 30 lira, push your dealer, hits the meter. A shrewd operator in the shadow of a beacon. Have a dirty weekend, interesting proposition. Insinuate and listen. What a way to make a living Scissors to the ribbon Throw my hands like a reverend Triple sixties, double sevens When I get down to this Cut catalyst Cut